Welcome to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, a bi-weekly look at all things related to the growing elite clubs nationally, the ECNL. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. Now, here's your host for Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, former U.S. soccer press officer and longtime soccer broadcaster, Dean Linky. I am Dean Linky, and just over a week ago, I had the great honor of being at the ECNL Coaching Symposium and AGM, where we produce not one, not two, not three, not four, but five podcast editions of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. We start with a state of the union ECNL style, and we do that with Christian Labors, the longtime president and CEO of the ECNL, and Doug Bracken, the longtime vice president. And they also, in the last segment, will preview the next four podcasts that were, again, produced in Las Vegas. Christian Labors, Doug Bracken, state of the union ECNL after this message. As the game continues to evolve in the United States, the ECNL remains the standard of excellence in youth soccer. The Elite Clubs National League has grown to include over 200 clubs and nearly 50,000 players across the country. With a robust competition platform for teams, educational resources for coaches and clubs, and unparalleled identification and development opportunities for players. Alongside its member clubs, collaborating to create a better future, the ECNL continues to raise the game every day. The ECNL is more than a league. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Once again, here's Dean. This is Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. We are knocking them out here at the ECNL Symposium and AGM in Las Vegas and under the bright lights we're pleased to be joined by two of the godfathers of the league Christian Lavers the president and CEO and Doug Bracken the vice president first thanks for being with us here in Vegas Christian and Doug great to be with you both thanks Dean appreciate you being here as well we're excited to have you yeah, it's awesome to be right out here and doing all kinds of interviews and I'm going to soak in the AGM and the symposium as well so let's start with that why the coaching symposium? Why the AGM? Why is it so important to the development of this amazing league, ECNL? So maybe I'll start with the coaching symposium. But we looked at the a couple of years ago and looked and said there's a lot of education out there on the X's and the O's and the tactics, whether that's the, the licensing programs that you can do with the Federation or the ton of different websites or books that you can get on tactics and, and things on the field. But what really was missing in our mind in our sport was discussions of things that are just as important as tactics on the field in running a successful team or a club or being a leader. So we wanted to put on an event that was very different topically that talked about things like how to be a better leader, how to develop culture, how to be a better teacher or educator, things that you don't find in coach licensing. You find in other industries, to be fair, I think you see more of these types of, I don't want to say out of the box, but outside the lines topics. And we felt there was a space in the market because it wasn't there. And there was a need in youth soccer to be better at those things. And all of us included could help make the game better by being better in these areas that are maybe more soft skills than the X's and O's. I think from the AGM perspective, I mean, the reality is we haven't been together in a while just because COVID and the realities of COVID. But during that time frame, 
we have grown like at a crazy rate, both internally with our staff, with our programming of what we're doing. Probably doubled. Yeah, with our membership. And so I think just a chance to reconnect and let everybody kind of know this is what we've been doing and what we're doing moving forward as we all kind of are able to reconnect in person and all that. It's unique because it, it does feel like it's been a long time since a lot of us have seen each other in any venue outside of playing against each other, right? So I think it's really amazing during this really tumultuous time we've continued to roll down the tracks and and there is a ton of new stuff that we're doing that really we need to talk about yeah and you you can get a lot done on zoom and and we are on zoom all the time all over the country but there is something different about being face to face and there's something different about the informal interaction that happens after the presentation or after the meeting right that's where some of the best ideas may come from is when it's almost like the subconscious frees up and things pop up in discussion that we're never going to come into the possibilities in a formal meeting or a digital zoom you know it feels like a new day actually here the last couple of days of meetings to see people and then to be able to go walk and have dinner together and just and get to know people and i think that's another important part of our league is the camaraderie and the community and i think the energy that it creates getting everybody together and talking about all the things we're doing is so important. It charges you up to go back to what you're doing on a day-in, day-out basis at your club. So I think that energy, which always is present at an event like this, is really important. So playing off of that, normally this is just a softball question, but I'm going to have a little bit more pointed edge to it because I've talked a lot on this podcast about the ability for the ECNL to adapt. And obviously when the DA collapsed, you guys were ready and open, but how real is that? How real is you guys listening to the clubs and the members and coaches and collaborating in one voice? It's in our DNA. We're a still a small organization in the, in the sense of you know, business. So one of the strengths of any small organization has to be how fast you can change and adapt and exploit opportunities and fix problems. We've got to keep that as we grow and we get bigger. There are realities to that. But we have to keep that small kind of interaction feeling. And I experience this a lot. Christian and I are working at high level, you know, 10,000 feet stuff. But there are still people in my conference when there's a scheduling issue or there's a disagreement about scheduling or something happened. I mean, they reach out to me. And so there is that grassroots connection that has to happen. And I think the other thing that I always point out to people is that you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm running a club. I'm coaching in this league, as is Christian. And I think that's really important. And that, in and of itself, allows you to understand the needs as they happen in real time and help the league pivot in those different areas and react to that based on what is really happening. Because I think if you get too far above it, you can really lose touch of what is really happening. And I think Christian and I really challenged the staff, the ECNL staff, in that way. We can't just tick the box. We have to really understand what's happening so that we can address whatever it is appropriately. A couple of examples of that. One on event operations and structure. So there's ways you can structure events that are more efficient for your staff or easier for your staff. Everything from starting time and end time to 
game slots to scheduling and scheduling changes. Everybody knows those are complicated. We don't do things that are easy for our staff when running events. We look at it and say, the parents, the players, the coaches who are here, what makes their experience better? And if it means our staff, we need more staff, or that we need more hours, or that we have to redo something, we'll redo it because the experience is what's most important. Another example of this is the national selection games, which have become such a really exciting part of the national events. That came up when our board was talking about what should we do to provide a different experience for the top level players in our league, something that inspires them, something that challenges them. And Doug Landefeld, who's one of our board members, said, well, why don't we do some type of all-star game? And we talked about it for about 30 minutes our operations staff went out and made a plan, and I think that was in October, and in November was our first selection game in Phoenix. And that included live streaming, uniforms and apparel for the players, a night event that got two, 3,000 people on the sidelines, and it came from an idea just off the cuff. And then the last thing I'll say, and this has happened in, in both of our clubs recently, where we have parents who will reach out and say, hey, I just wanna let you know about this experience we had at the event whether it is related to a hotel or travel or whatever it may be, we're getting feedback as directors from people experiencing the event that we can then take off a director hat, put on a league hat, and say, okay, we can fix that so that doesn't happen again. Or we can make sure that that thing that happened to this club that's great, that maybe we stumbled on something really good, we can leverage and replicate that for other clubs because we're getting that feedback straight from the players and families themselves. Those are fair and honest answers on the collaboration. Because this particular podcast for Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, is considered the state of the ECNL, or I'd like to call it the state of the union for the ECNL, let's get right to that. Christian Labors, the state of the union of the ECNL right here today. How about a couple sentences, and then, Doug, you follow it up. The first thing I'd say, it is good. We feel really good about where our league is with respect to programming where it is with respect to morale. And I think morale is an important piece of this, uh, both internal in the staff and with the clubs. And we feel like there is incredible opportunity ahead of us here to grow what we're doing. And I'm not talking about growth in size. Some of that will happen. I'm talking about growth in impact, growth in services, growth in experience. We're kind of growing up as an organization and, and being able to do more things and different things so the state, the state of the Union is good. We're going to talk about a lot of that today. I mean, I would take it up a notch and say it's, it's never been better. When you look at it like we do, if we see all the, all the pieces, I think our ECNL staff is as good as we've ever had, and their ability to execute on things we're doing and planning is, is exceptional. What's happening on the boys' side and with our league and our growth and the buy-in from that side of things is better than it's ever been and exceptional. Where we are on the girls' side, all the things that have happened and the hurdles we've gotten over has really galvanized our group. So that's the exciting thing to me is I feel like we're all really pulling in the same direction and we all understand exactly what our mission is and what we're trying to accomplish. So I would say it's I've never felt better about where we are. Yeah, and, and one of the challenges here, and we've addressed this with our team internally and, and we'll talk about it a little bit here, as good as we feel about where we're at, we have to keep looking forward. We think we run incredible events, the national events where the teams come. We're not objective about that. We think they're the best events in the country. But we challenged our op, op staff this week to say every event when in the post-event review, 
we need to identify something that we did that we need to do better, whether it's a process, whether it's an asset, whether it's something that came up that we didn't anticipate. And we need to find something new that we've done that we should replicate or grow at the next event. And I, I don't care if it's the smallest marginal 1% change, but we need to look at every event and not just say, hey, we're doing great. We have to say, how do we make it better? Because quite honestly, there's a lot of organizations around that look at what we're doing and say, all right, what are they doing? We need to do that. And if we don't stay a step ahead of the curve in the, the experience, then we're not staying true to what our mission is, which is to constantly elevate the standard of the game and the player experience. State of the Union of the ECNL, Christian Lavers and Doug Bracken, two of the leaders of the ECNL. We're going to take our first break, and we come back, we'll talk about looking forward at 2022 and beyond in youth soccer. And then later on, we'll talk about the evolving youth landscape and ECNL's take on that. It's Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. We'll be back after these messages from the corporate partners of the ECNL. Nike is a proud sponsor of ECNL Girls. Nothing can stop what we can do together to bring positive change to our communities. You can't stop sport because hashtag you can't stop our voices. Follow Nike on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. The ECNL is pleased to announce Quick Goal as the official goal provider and partner for ECNL Girls and ECNL Boys, a new partnership created to support the growth and development of the country's top players, clubs, and coaches. At all national events, including national playoffs and national finals, the Quick Goal Coaches Corner will provide hospitality and social space for ECNL Girls, ECNL Boys, and collegiate coaches. Quick Goal will also be the presenting sponsor of the National championship winning ECNL girls and ECNL boys coaches of the year and the ECNL girls and ECNL boys goals of the year. Quick Goal looks forward to helping the ECNL continue to elevate the standards of youth soccer and provide more opportunities to players on and off the field in the coming years. From athletes just starting to turn heads to some of the best athletes to ever play their games, Gatorade shows that they are the proven fuel of the best. For the athletes who give everything, nothing beats Gatorade, the studied, tested, and proven fuel of the ECNL. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. It's the State of the Union edition with the president and CEO of ECNL, Christian Labors, and the VP, Doug Bracken. I'm Dean Linky. Great to be here in Las Vegas as part of the ECNL Symposium and AGM. Before we talk about moving forward, U.S. Club Soccer is powering this event. Why was that important? So U.S. Club Soccer has been our sanctioning body since the beginning back in 2009, and they've been a great partner through that time period. Mike Cullina, who is the new CEO of U.S. Club, he actually was a executive director of a club in our league, Virginia Development Academy, before he became the CEO of U.S. Club. So he has an insider's seat on what the league is, what the league could be, everything about it. And that's great for us now that he's taking the reins at U.S. Club because he has an understanding that sometimes you just can't explain until you've actually been there and experienced it. And I think our relationship with U.S. Club Soccer is going to grow and get stronger and stronger, and we're thrilled with the support that they've provided for us in this event. Mike has brought some of the leaders of U.S. Club Soccer from around the country. They're having their own planning meetings attached to this event here today, and then they're going to be a part of the symposium and at our AGM, and we're really opening the doors 
to soccer here. Whether you're in the league or not in the league, we want to be an organization that impacts, influences, and helps, and U.S. club soccer is a big part of that. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, it's interesting because uh, Mike Cullen used to be the boys' director at Ohio Elite Soccer Academy, my club. So I've known Mike for a long time. And the support they provide is invaluable for us. I think it's a really important that we have a close partnership with our sanctioning body. So I feel like we're working in a really close partnership to solve issues that we have as it relates to you know player registration and all those things that, that we really directly partner with. But just having them opening the doors, like Christian said, and bringing those those people in to experience what we're doing, I think is, is great. And their support, like I said, is, is ultimately going to be really important to our success moving forward. Yeah, and one thing that you don't see as much as maybe people would like in soccer is collaboration and so u.s club is our sanctioning body but they're a separate organization they run their own competitive events they run their own leagues in the npl and other leagues they do coaching education they do a whole host of things some of which we also do but by working together closely there's efficiencies there's synergies just like two coaches or directors talking here or our board talking here will come up with new ideas us working hand in hand with them will come up with other programs that maybe we can jointly do that will provide more experience or positive value for the sport. So we're just starting to see the power and the leverage that we may we may be able to have t- together on bringing some more stability to the sport. Because we labeled this the State of the Union edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, and you're going to get to do so many things here at the symposium and AGM. This is a tougher question, but... We mentioned when we went to break, we're going to talk about 2022 and beyond. So to me, that means short-term initiatives and goals and long-term goals. And I got to believe there's all kinds of things spinning around in both of your brilliant minds. But let's hit some short-term and long-term goals as we push forward with ECNL this year and beyond. One of the things, and this gets down into the details in the weeds, but Doug mentioned this early, we have more than doubled in size of club, player, team, events over the last two years. And that's required a more than doubling of staff just to be able to provide the same service to the same degree that we did pre-COVID. That's hiring new people, training new people, and ultimately we've done a lot of restructuring in, in the business in terms of how we are actually going to execute on this. So part of our goal is now, and we're hiring for three or four more positions right now and probably another four or five by the end of the year, is us making sure that we have the right people to execute on the programs we're doing now to make sure that those programs are structured the right way because, again, the game changes very quickly. COVID had impacts on college recruiting in really, really dramatic ways. We've changed a little bit of our structure for national events to accommodate that, and now we're trying to figure out, is it going back to normal? Is it changing a little bit? What else do our clubs need to help in that process? So there's a a short-term goal right away of making sure that we have enough staff to execute and that the existing things we're doing, we make the changes or adjustments, however small they may be, so that they continue to serve the purpose that we created them for. The obvious thing in front of us is this regional league concept that we started a few years ago. It's a really important part of what we're doing. And how do we continue to evolve that into an unbelievable experience for the people that are involved in that? I think Chris and I were just talking about the importance of creating championship events at that level so that players have something to play into. So that's something we're planning. Looking at the needs of the clubs, whether that be 
giving experiences to younger players, whether that's event-based or player identification program-based. It's always tweaking and looking and making sure we have the right number of events and that those events are a great experience in every way. We're always trying to just stay on that edge of whatever comes up, whatever happens, whatever is in front of us that we need to do or react to, we can, while trying to stay above the fray and look at how do we grow these different areas. The Regional League is a really important new program for us. I mean, we launched that three years ago as a pilot. Now it's between the boys and the girls. It's something around 1,400 teams, I think, participating in that. But that's really important for a couple of reasons. Number one, we feel like the experience and the stability and the service that's provided by the ECNL and by the ECNL clubs is really good. And so we want to provide that to more players. Look at within a club, we want a pathway for kids on a regional league team to have a good development experience, which includes a good competition experience regionally or locally. It includes some events that are exciting for them and provide some showcasing at the right ages. And it includes a postseason goal. So we need to provide that for players within our member clubs so they have a pathway to go from a second team to a first team because players develop at different rates. And if we don't have an impact on the second level of development, ultimately the first level of development gets impacted. Then we look at the team experience within the regional league over the course of the year. It's really important to us that every league we do has good local and regional competition, the showcase, and the pathway. That by itself makes the experience valuable for the player. And then we also have to look, and this is maybe the biggest idea of this, is that the ECNL was never created to be, some would say, the gated community. This was never created to be a place where nobody else can ever come in and join. That's been proven. I mean, we started with 40 clubs and three age groups on the girls' side. Now we're at 140 clubs almost on both genders and six age groups, and now a regionally level. So we've been expanding and growing to involve more people and bring them under the tent since day one. But part of that is also making sure there's a pathway for clubs that are led by people doing a really good job with teams and players that are getting better all the time, that they have a pathway into the ECNL club competition. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to have to be promotion and relegation automatic. It doesn't mean that there's some bright objective line that you hit in terms of points gained but it means if you're doing the right things and you're developing players and teams and you're leading in the right way, there has to be a pathway for you to say, my club can get to the highest level of youth soccer in the country. If we don't do that, we're not serving the game. I will add to that, you can never forget why you started. And so we still must be the elite club's national league. In order to be that, it has to be a pyramid. I know everybody uses that term pyramid, but we can't forget that we are the elite clubs national league and so our constant challenge is how do we bring more people in get them the experience give them a pathway but remain elite we've built in a lot of mechanisms at our events and our competition so the best play the best even within our top competition that still exists so I think that's the other really important point here is it's not growth for growth's sake. We have to have purposeful growth. We have to have growth in the right areas. We have to provide the experience and the pathway to people, but we also have to remain the elite club's national league. That is something that we can never forget that's very important, and it's why we started. That's a challenge, but one that 
I think over time we've worked with it. We've figured it out. We will continue to evolve and figure it out. And a piece to that as well is, like in everything, clubs change over time. Some clubs get better. Some clubs drop a little. Some new clubs arrive. Some clubs disappear. And so having these multiple levels also allows us to find the right level for clubs because there are clubs that may struggle at the top level. We are always been a club-centric organization, and taking a club out of a league completely can be a death sentence. It can be incredibly difficult for that club to maintain their teams and their players, and we don't want to do that unnecessarily. But there's also reality if somebody's really struggling, and when we say struggling, there's always going to be a last place. But there's a difference between a last place and a last place who's losing by multiple goals in multiple games in multiple age groups. Well, then we have to look and say, is that the right experience for anybody? And is there a better place for those players, teams, and clubs to have success? And then maybe earn their way back up. This establishment of the regional league will allow more of that movement, which is, I think will be good for the game. State of the Union of the ECNL at the perfect place, the ECNL Coaching Symposium and the AGM in Las Vegas with Christian Labors and Doug Bracken. We have one more segment we need to get to, but before we get there, I think I want to ask this question here first, and that is the evolving youth landscape. We know there's other leagues, there's other alphabet and letters. What do you do about them? Do you pay attention to them? How do you deal with the fact that there's other choices as well? I would say you can't ignore that, but my opinion has always been very strong in this area that you can't lose focus on what you're doing and that's what your focus is. We had a lot of these conversations when the DA happened. The way I always thought about it was we have to focus on what we can control and the things that we can do to make our league the best possible league for the people in it. We understand maybe that it's not going to be for everybody. We remain aware of what the landscape is, but we have to focus on what we're doing. We've always tried to be very proactive in regards to our league as opposed to reactive to other things that happened. And things have happened, and those are real. And it caused a lot of chaos at times. Christian and I have obviously spent hours and hours and hours and hours together about this. We had to talk to each other a lot about that. Like, hey, man, we just need to stay focused on what we're doing. We need to keep our people focused. We can't control what X, Y, and Z are going to do. We just have to make this the best league we possibly can. I think because we've done that, we've come out in a good spot from those tumultuous situations. There are most certainly going to be more of those as we move forward. But if you focus on what you're doing and you're proactive as opposed to reactive, you're going to be, to me, in a way better situation. There's a great George Washington quote. The importance of gaining good intelligence can't be overstated. And I say that because I agree with everything Doug said. We have to focus on us because that's what we can control. But it is helpful to know what is happening in the market because other people and other organizations will come up with good ideas. And if there's something somebody else develops that we look at and say we should incorporate that, we need to be humble enough to say, all right, we didn't come up with that, but let's bring it in here. It's another reflection of the relationship we have with the clubs. If our clubs want something and we don't provide it, because we don't listen or we're not thinking or we're not being forward thinking, then we're going to serve them less. 
And so we are constantly aware of what's happening. You talk the state of the youth landscape. The, the state is flux. Constant flux. Yeah. I mean, you, dr you can drop an acronym every day of something new that's going on. Some of it's, you know, and I think we've gotten better at this, is to quote Doug Lemoff, distinguishing a little bit of the signal from the noise, right? There's nothing more common in soccer right now than a press release that doesn't say anything. And so there's that. And then there are things that we say, okay, that's a significant thing we've got to think about. The great thing about being in Las Vegas is this is one of several podcasts that we put together for Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. When we come back, I'm going to ask both Christian and Doug about some of the other topics we covered and what they're expecting to hear out of it. And we'll see if it lines up as we continue to bring you Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Soccer.com is proud to partner with the ECNL to support the continued development of soccer in the U.S. at the highest levels. We've been delivering quality soccer equipment and apparel to players, fans, and coaches since 1984. Living and breathing the beautiful game ourselves, our goal at Soccer.com is to inspire you to play better, cheer louder, and have more fun. Visit Soccer.com today to check out our unmatched selection of gear, expert advice, and stories of greatness at every level of the game. ECNL Boys is partnering with Puma for the second year, driving sport forward with the leading products and the next generation of pros who wear them. Puma has proven themselves as the fastest sports brand in the world, the fastest innovation, the fastest players, and the fastest products in the game. They're the perfect partner to complement the speed and talent of our teams. In keeping with their mantra of forever faster, Puma introduces the world's fastest boot, the Ultra. The only boot engineered for speed, the Ultra combines a woven upper with a lightweight outsole for direct forward motion, speed, and acceleration. It's the best in the game, designed for the best players in the game. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. This is what we're calling the State of the Union of the ECNL podcast with Christian Lavers, the president and CEO of the ECNL, and Doug Bracken, the longtime VP with the ECNL. Went to break talking about some of the other featured podcasts that we covered. I want to get right to one that I found fascinating, Creative Ideation, led by really Jason Cutney, who is a bright young mind and obviously the boys commissioner, but he had Andrea Wheeler on and then he had Daryl Russell. So, Christian, he's much more handsome than you and I, and he's also got the accent as well. But well, that's not hard to do. So yeah. that's not. They are. They're Thank you for not including me, yeah. Dean. I appreciate it. They are hip and cool, though. They, I mean, they are making ECNL relevant every day, I think, in an era where you have to be relevant every day. We're going to talk about this in the AGM, but we look at marketing as a strategic piece of what we do. And some people can cynically dismiss that or use that in some argument to criticize us. But I say that because marketing is what engages and inspires kids. Marketing is communicating your message and getting people to believe in what you believe in. And so we look at our marketing as a way that we can make players more excited about being great. We can inspire players to work harder. We can share information and resources across the league to our directors and to our coaches. And for us, that's the purpose of marketing. That's why we invest in a creative services team, which is growing. 
and we're very proud of the work that they've done. There's some great stuff coming tonight that they've put together. We look at that, and, and whether it's Jason or Andrea or Daryl, marketing and creativity is not my strong point. But we bring in people that have great new ideas, and then we can take a go at them. And if they work, we'll double down. And if they don't work as well as we like, we move on. But it's really important. This is where I get way, way out of my depth. I'm a 50-year-old guy who started and runs a soccer club. So, I mean, we've got Doesn't the... that sound exciting? Yeah, so exciting, right? <laughs> so having those people who have that... Let them do can, their job, Yeah, right? can bridge the gap between the people that we're trying to talk to, which are the players and, and us, who probably are not very well-versed in it. I think is, is important. I'm very big on mission-based language. We set out a mission for our creative services team and our marketing team, and then we allow them to do what they need to do to satisfy that mission because they're good at it. They're great, and you're going to love that session. Another one that we covered was fascinating, the evolution of soccer, the ECNL from the Red Bull League and then dealing with the fall of the DA, one of the godfathers, I think we can call Jay Howell, one of the godfathers no as question. well, right, with yeah. you two guys. And then we also had Greg Blossom game from the Concord Fire, huge club in Atlanta he's the CEO and then Bernie James hot takes from Bernie <laughs> James I mean really really hot he's not afraid to Bernie's not opinion. afraid he's no shrink and violet yeah exactly so <laughs> how do you feel about that segment that's going to be an amazing podcast well I'm looking forward to listening to it just because <laughs> yeah. you get unvarnished opinion and guys like Bernie and Greg and Jay they're going to tell you how it is and they're going to say this is working this isn't working or that was really dumb we may disagree sometimes which we can respectfully do that but we need those types of voices in the room. We don't need yes men. I love the unvarnished honesty, for sure. And again, that just is a microcosm of the challenge of keeping that generation of people like those guys have been around and really seen the whole thing transpire. And then we have all these new people that are coming into the game from a different perspective. And so being able to keep our arms around that whole thing. But I love the honesty. You certainly can't have anything but respect for those guys for what they've done. No question. You will never get anything other than an honest answer from any of them. So it's, it's great. That's another great thing about everybody being here together because you'll have guys like Bernie and Greg. And by the way, we just saw a video of Greg from the 1987 MISL championship game doing a backflip off the indoors. They talked about that. Which, by the way, but I didn't, I've I didn't know he was that athletic. No yeah. way. But <laughs> you have guys like that, and then you'll have an up-and-coming director who's 30 years old or 25, 26 years old coach who's in the same room. That's when you get new ideas is you bring those very different perspectives together. Lori Trotman from the Florida Club League, as well as Sean Bubb, talk about creating a state-based youth soccer league of multiple tiers and levels. You can help me as I get ready for Lori and Sean. What are you anticipating out of that discussion? Well, Florida was kind of been like the Wild West in soccer for a long time. There's lots of good players, lots of good teams, but the club structure in Florida took a while to develop. And Sean and Lori and Hugh Menzies and some other guys in Florida and girls in Florida have worked really hard to bring a new structure, a more stable club-based structure to Florida that meets the needs of teams and players at multiple levels. Obviously, the top level of their league is an ECNL Regional League that has teams from the ECNL Club competition. And it's also got teams that are not in the ECNL Club competition. But they've found a way to tackle a very difficult environment in Florida to create a new league against all odds from scratch and then to create multiple levels where there's pathways for players and teams. And they've done that by being smart, by being tough and listening to people as well. And I think it's a testament to our organization that 
where we can look at that very unique situation and setup and say, yes, yes, we can support that. We can help you there. Where in another area, it might be completely different. And we can still say, yes, we can support that. We can help that. So I think they have a very unique situation there, a very unique setup there, unlike any in the country. And I think that it's amazing that they've kind of sort of got it together and we've been able to support it. Another great podcast that will air probably about a month from now is former successful pros now affecting the game in new ways and helping the ECNL. Warren Barton, who is not only a great player, but a TV media star as well. We think Brian Quinn might join as well. Lee Morris. These are some big-time names that are affecting the ECNL as former players. What does that mean to the league? Well, I mean, this is a longer discussion, but I think one of the challenges club soccer has had for a long time is the lack of a career path for coaches that come in and turn 50, 60, and have different skills, have different desires. And so to be able to connect with guys that have had the playing career and are now senior coaches, you know, they've been around, and have their knowledge and perspective to share and to bring back to the younger generation, and that would include us to some degree, it's helpful. And we want to maintain that connection to the people who helped us, I mean, the Red Bull, started a structure that we came in and said we can actually do this maybe a little bit better but the red bull started it and those guys were legends at one point as players and then they moved into coaching and we want to make sure that they stay connected with what we're doing yeah no doubt i watch those guys they're my generation my age but i watch those guys i think their insight and their knowledge and experiences at that playing at that level can't do anything but help you I would disagree a little bit with Christian in that uh, we're probably not the same because Warren Bar Barton played for England and <laughs> I didn't. You know, I had a very modest playing career as I as I, I, listen, as, I, as if you had a modest playing career. I don't know where I'm at now, but whatever is under modest. <laughs> yeah, but love their perspective, love their ideas. No doubt, as we wrap up, we could talk forever about so many exciting things. But your final thoughts about the State of the Union of the ECNL as we say goodbye? I don't think you can ever think about where you're going until you remember where you've been. So I always try to take a step back, think about where we come from which is awesome. And I think that gives us the, the fuel and the motivation to go forward and do what's right for the game based on what all these people think is right for the game. I always just try to take a step out of it and look back at like where we came from and all the people along the way that have helped us get to where we are. Our allegiance to them, because I know certainly Christian and I couldn't have done what we've done just with the organization without those people. That always is an important perspective for me and is what motivates me after many years of doing this. State of the Union of the ECNL, charging forward. Christian Lavers, Doug Bracken, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Dean. Thanks, Dean. I want to thank all the great people that made my experience at this year's ECNL Coaching Symposium and AGM so special. Definitely want to thank Jen Winnegal and Blaine and the great staff and remind you that in two weeks, we talked about creative ideation with Jason Cutney, Andrea Wheeler, and Daryl Russell. That will be the show two weeks from today, plus a one-on-one -on -one with Jacob Bourne, also in the Creative Marketing Division of ECNL. For all of you, I'm Dean Linky, saying we'll see you in two weeks. Thanks for listening to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. And if you have a suggestion for the show or a great idea for a guest, please email us at info at theecnl.com. Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast is an ECNL production.
ECNL. More than a league.